Hello, my fellow fallible humans. This is the Red Roof Recovery Show, a program to soften the path of recovery from substance and behavioral addictions. And it's not just for addictions, it's for life. I'm your host, Tanya McIntyre. I'm here with you every week to share my experience around my own recovery from drugs and alcohol. I created Red Roof Recovery a few years ago. I wanted to provide not only a unique program for residential recovery, but to also develop a relapse prevention program. These programs are based on the principles of CBT, which is Cognitive Behavior Therapy, along with various other tools of therapy that I use. On this episode of the Red Roof Recovery Show, the Oracle returns. Uh, (laughs) Tammy Bannon is here with me to chat about some tools of therapy, which are also tools of life. Tammy is an old soul. She is a wealth of wisdom. She's a successful realtor in Ontario, Canada. She's a master life coach. She's an expert in NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. Welcome, Tammy. I love having you here. That's wonderful. Thanks, Tanya. Did you like that intro? (laughs) How does it make you feel? I feel bigger somehow. Yeah. Very good. I have to tame my ego out of those those statements. Yeah. Oh, man. No kidding. You know, that this process of life and recovery for me. So I've been on my own recovery journey since 2009. And I went into a program of recovery in a 30-day rehab. I was in Spain at the time. So I went to uh, the mainland of Spain, Seville, because I was living on the beautiful island of Majorca at the time. And when I checked into the 30-day rehab, the model of recovery uh, back in 2009 was 12-step program. So I often say AA saved my life. If that hadn't happened when it happened for me, I don't think I'd be here talking to you today. So I'm a big proponent of Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, What I'm not a big fan of is the anonymous part, because we need to talk about our addictions and recovery, Uh, certainly since the pandemic, especially because addiction rates and suicide rates have tripled. So I think it's imperative that we open up the dialogue around this because, you know, addictions are the most stigmatized condition on the planet. And I think it's worth asking why. Why do we stigmatize it so much? So it's taken a great deal of um, bravery for me to come out of the proverbial closet to start talking about my addictions and my recovery. So CBT for me, you know, I, I was when in the I was I'm still in the rooms of AA because I love the peer support available and the convenience of the meetings. There are just simply more meetings available with 12-step programs than anything else. But I was losing a lot of my peers in AA who were not returning from their relapses. So I went in search of something else that I could bring to my community. And when I found cognitive behavior therapy, uh, something quite miraculous happened for me as well, because the eight, nine years that I was in the rooms of AA, I was relapsing every couple of years. And I'm happy to say, since I became a facilitator with SMART, self-management and recovery training, smartrecovery.org is where you can find the information there. Um, And that's all based on cognitive behavior therapy. So I became a facilitator in October of 2018, and I'm grateful and happy to say that I have not had a lapse or a relapse since that time. So there's something to be said about cognitive behavior therapy for me. Um, But, you know, I often say you need to find something that resonates with you because this is about you and your recovery. What resonates with me is maybe not going to work for you. The key is to keep looking because there are hundreds of tools of recovery to use. So keep looking, and when you find something that does click with you, 
then grab onto that and do more of it. And know that, you know, trust that when the student's ready, so when you're ready to learn, when you're at the place that you can uh, take uh, the next step forward, then the, the teacher appears. Just Absolutely. like with you, you were starting to see things that were making you lose your faith and, ha and, and you were noticing that you were having slips. You were ready for something more and mm -hmm. it came to you. Yeah, and I went looking for it, and you and yeah. so, you know, and the, there weren't many things to choose from, mm -hmm. you know, other than the twelve-step programs. When I went looking in 2018 for for an alternative, and but something about Smart resonated with me, mm -hmm. and I think what resonated most was it's founded in Mentor, Ohio, and mentorship has been huge yeah. in my life and recovery. So that resonated with me, and of course, the fact that it's founded on cognitive behavior therapy and founded by doctors. And it's not shame-based. It's not shame-based. It's not shame-based. You know, we, the, the, the anonymity that you suggested, the, the reason for anonymity is because of the shame. And so I, I'm a strong proponent, if you participate in the anonymity, let's call that the problem, then you're contributing to the problem. Yeah, perpetuating right? the problem, right. absolutely. We're talking today, we're getting a little deep in um, our topics, I know, because I just love your wisdom, Tammy. I call you an old soul for a reason, because, mm. you know, I called my dad philosopher dad, because he was well-read, but it went beyond reading. I think he was definitely an old soul as well. And in fact, I have a couple of books dedicated to my philosopher dad that I'll tell you about at the end of the program. But today, first, we're going to talk about higher consciousness and four keys specifically to higher consciousness. Not sure if we'll get through all four in the 30 minutes that we're here together. So it may become a series. I'm, I'm trying to convince Tammy to come on every show with me because I enjoy conversations with mm. you so much. So the four keys, they're big ones. Yeah. Banish doubt. Let me just stop. <laughs> they're not big ones. They're actually small ones. Okay, the, you're right. Your neuro-linguistic programming has uh, kept me in check. Yeah. So reminding me of how I'm talking and wording. and I think what makes them or may make them feel big for some people is that they're unfamiliar. Mm -hmm. You know, our bodies are designed to maintain status quo and to stay within our, you know, realms. And so anything that steps us slightly away from it becomes uncomfortable. And then it becomes fearful. And we, we buy both genetic makeup uh, and, and fear. We call it hard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But they're not. No, because, well, they're just a matter of noticing. And we're inundated Correct. with fear. So I spent a couple, couple of decades in mainstream media as a broadcast journalist. And when I left, I went on this tangent of um, encouraging everybody to take the diet that really works, a media fast, a digital diet now. But, um, you know, I kind of made it rhyme so it would be memorable. Don't watch, read, or listen to news and feel how much your life improves. But then the negativity, there's a negative connotation to that as well, of right? Because I'm, I'm a wordsmith like you. How we're, we're using our language is key. So I changed it then. Watch, read, and listen to positive things and feel the joy that life can bring. Oh, that's beautiful. Right? I love that. Isn't that great? Yes. So I, I was encouraged to do that uh, because of your influence. The language, right? Thank you. Mm -hmm. And another really great sort of pivot point or, or, or platform for deciding if the direction that has been put in front of you is right for you is to consider again that there really are only two emotions love and fear and so if you're operating out of fear then 
perhaps it's time for you to address where that fear is stemming from and to, to release yourself from it. So to consider being free of the fear. And if it's coming from love, then it's a wonderful share and you should follow that for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm. I like to think uh, in my recovery path uh, with cognitive behavior therapy, we do specific exercises to work through heightened emotions because there are no shortage of heightened emotions when it comes to not only recovery, but life, right? I mean, Mm. we're all dealing with heightened emotions all the time, and most of them are cultivated around fear, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. I call it the FUD factor. So the four keys to higher consciousness, we banish doubt we transcend the ego. Tame. 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 Tame the ego. Okay. Tame the ego. Tame. Cultivate the witness. Beautiful. A be- become the observer. Become the observer and shut down the inner dialogue. Most important one right there. Oh, you hear me talking about the inner dialogue all the time. I call it the committee in my head that and never I say, shuts It up. doesn't. And it, that's its job, right? So it, it, it's not supposed to. But what we forget is that just because we have a thought or just because we have a feeling, it doesn't mean we have to act on it. It doesn't mean it has to be true for us. It can be, you know, like if you're walking through the woods, you don't see every tree and every branch and every leaf. Some things are outside your vision and they're supposed to be. It's okay not to see everything. We see what's in front of us. And we ask again the question, is this Come, do, this feeling, this thought, this whatever it is that's coming up, is it coming from fear or love? Mm-hmm. And so the inner dialogue becomes the, uh, the conditioning from your past, the how you feel about yourself, how you've interpreted a particular situation, and what may just be habitual. And much of it is what we were sold in our very primary years. Mm. I think we talked about this once before. One of the things that was repeated over and over from almost every member of my uh, family and extended family was, you're going to be one of those girls who's always going to have trouble with your weight. Mm -hmm. And whether it's true or not, I mean, I have two sisters. They don't have that problem. Uh, whether it's true or not only depended on whether or not I bought it from them. Well, I accepted that from them. And I did. And so now that those thoughts race through my head. Every time I want to eat something, I think about the donut or I want to put a clothes on. or I, it's all, It all revolves around that purchase that I made into that belief system. And that's a fear-based belief. So then... So then watching my language becomes using the positive dialogue that reverses the cellular structure of your belief system. Yeah, I often talk about um, the work of Dr. Masaru Emoto. Mm. Uh, Rest his soul. He did some extraordinary work around the molecular structure of water and how powerful labels are when you place a label on water. uh, It changes its molecular structure. So we humans are more than 70% water. So the fact that we're labeling ourselves, uh, you know, this is a bone of contention with me around um, AA meetings as well. I refuse to label myself an alcoholic, an addict. So when I'm sitting in the circle and we're doing our check-ins and stuff, uh, I say, hi, everybody. I'm Tanya, and I am grateful to be here and grateful to be sober. And people have asked me after the meetings, why don't you say like we all do, right? It's like, uh, you, how come you're not going along to get along kind yep, of thing? Yep, yep. Uh, because, you know, 
it's typical that you say, hi, I'm whatever, and I'm an alcoholic, or I'm an addict, or I'm whatever, overeater, I'm a gambler. The labels, label, label. And I said, I don't do it because I am not my addictions. And I don't feel good when I label myself that mm-hmm. way. That's and a, that's a great topic to jump to, the mm. I am. I don't know if you've ever heard of the book, I Am Discords. It was written by, oh, his name's escaping me. Wayne Dyer talked about it Wayne all Dyer the time. Wayne Dyer talks about it a yeah. lot. So the I am language, if, I, I remember when I worked at another brokerage, they had some of their training was this, this page of what they called laws. They called them bold laws because the course that went along with them was called bold. But these laws were an accumulation of what I now know to be all of the highest end training in the world put into things that are always true statements. And one of them was your cells eavesdrop on your thoughts. Mm -hmm. And then they follow your thoughts direction to invite and manifest that into your life. And so it's secondary to the water molecular structure, which is also our cellular structure, if you will. So those things together, when we say I am, we're commanding our own power to be that which we say. Mm. Uh, Without preaching the Bible, in the Bible, God says, I am that I am. Whatever statement follows the I am becomes what your life will create and manifest for you into your perceived reality. So give me that statement. What is reality? Mm -hmm. My reality is that I'm grateful to be sober. But you have a beautiful saying about about reality. It is someone's perceived. Oh, the the best definition of truth Truth. I've ever heard. A fundamental reality defined by a person's perceived experiences. Precisely. Yeah. And perception is the only realm that we live in here. We've been taught that it is our five senses. And so we follow the rules of the sensory world, and it's illusory. The truth in this world is that it is all based on perception, that the things that we see with our five senses are how we've been taught to escape. So so you might say, for instance, we look with our eyes, yet we see with our soul. Mm. So we we can say that our eyes, the sense, our eyes are doing the work of looking at the thing, but who's seeing it? Who's seeing it? Because frankly, if my eye was doing the work of seeing, then based on how my lens is designed in the eyeball, I would be seeing you this small and upside down. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's not how I see you. So who is seeing you? My perception of you comes from my soul, but my ability to look at you comes from my eyes. And that's true in all senses. Mm. How you interpret a smell, while you've smelled it with your nose, what it does for you is your perception that comes from your essence. Mm. Because I love the smell of spaghetti sauce. Somebody else might not at all. Mm -hmm. And it's the same smell. Yeah, and we know now as science evolves and we learn more about quantum physics yes. that uh, the the shape of something actually changes with our expectation when we look at it. Yes. yes. I find that fascinating. Well, and they did that in the double slit experiment, mm-hmm. didn't Something watched changes how it behaves. Our cells are just that. And then again with quantum physics and the, the discovery and confirmation of the unified field within our own 
cellular subatomic particle structure and I'm not all that versed in the science lingo. It is in us. It's it it's period. I know. It's hard to believe, right? Yeah. Because of our limiting beliefs. Yes. A great um film based on to- based on a th- the three-dimensional world that we live in and our perceptions. Perceptions mm-hmm. and conditioning. Yeah. Yes, those social constructs are yes. huge. Um, a wonderful film to watch, and I believe it might even be available on YouTube now in its entirety, is What the, the bleep, bleep Do We Know? Down the rabbit hole. Down it the is rabbit on hole. YouTube, yeah. Uh, it's a long one, So, but the fact that you know we're living in this digital era now, you can, you can pause it, let it absorb a little yeah. bit, because it takes, takes some time to wrap your head around it. Right, because it's everything we know. Uh, we've been taught that if you, I'll see it. I'll believe it when I see it, mm-hmm. right? I'll believe it when I see it. Well, what happens with miracles? You believe them when you see them? Does that mean that all miracles then become possible to you? No, you revert back to, depending on your senses, to prove its reality to you. Right. So th- it negates the possibility. And, well, it it really stunts the possibility for miracles when you don't believe that they're, they are and could be everyday occurrences in everyone's lives. Yeah, I, I'm... Reminded of the uh, the four minute mile guy mm-hmm. Bannister, I think his name was Roger Bannister. Roger Bannister. Yep. So way back when, when it was thought to be impossible to run a four minute mile, uh, he did it. Roger Bannister did it. He broke the record, and then within days, dozens of people were doing it. <laughs> and that's like, that's collective. That's yeah. a collective mind shift. Oh, that's a beautiful thing, right? Yep. And it happened too. The world is flat, you know. Or uh, uh, there's lots of other discoveries that have sort of changed the way we look at things. And Wayne Dyer says it, although everybody doesn't. It was on that sheet, too. When you change the way you look at things, the, the things, things you, you look, look at, at change. change. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I love yeah. Wayne Dyer. I miss him so much. Yeah. Although, uh, Louise Hay, uh, rest her soul, oh. she created this wonderful legacy called Hay House Radio. And, you know, Wayne Dyer lives on. I still yeah. listen to his podcasts. Yeah. I am so comforted by him. Yeah. I just love his his delivery, his voice. His, yeah, he was his put wisdom. here for that, oh, for yeah. sure. Absolutely. So we're talking about four keys to higher consciousness. Ooh, yes. So let's go back dog. to the, di- mm-hmm. the dialogue and the I am statement, because it's a crucial part of that um, watch your inner and outer dialogue, right? right? So the voices in your head will have one certain, um, you know, set of boundaries, if you will, things that happen in your head that don't come outside. And those things will often start with the sentence, I am. Hmm. You know, and, and a lot of people, I have a girlfriend, and I love her so much, but she'll often say, I'm so stupid. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm so stupid. Oh, my God, I'm so dumb. I'm na, na, na. And I'll be like, don't talk about my friend that way. And so she then manifests stupid things because she believes that she's stupid. So however... Noticing is the first key to changing. So when you start to notice your inner dialogue and how you complete the sentence, I am, um, th- that that will be your step toward evolving out of that and starting to talk about the things that are good. So focus on what you do want, not what you don't want, what you do have, what you are, not what you aren't and what you don't have. And um, remember to talk to ourselves like we talk to our best friends. Mm-hmm. I think that's key. And we've been assuming, made un- assuming that you talk to your best friend in a nice way. Right. <laughs> we've we've been made uncomfortable to talk nicely about ourselves as though somehow our egos now are too large and and that's a not good thing to mm-hmm. be, you know? Oh, I hear the word narcissist being thrown around a lot. And of course, again, that's a construct of mainstream media. They come up with these narratives and then make it trendy. And I'm hearing it a lot. And it's like, well, you know what? 
everybody is on some level a narcissist. Mm-hmm. It's like the word selfish. It's sort of the same, right? It's yeah. become like not okay to be selfish. Mm-hmm. Who who decided that and what the heck? Why? Why? Unless I take care of me, I can't serve anything or anyone outside of me. And isn't my job here to serve my community and my fellow humans in this this walk we're walking? I love using the airplane analogy on that one, right? When we're flying in this uh, tin tube, we are instructed by... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> by the uh, the airline personnel, when the cabin pressure changes, our instruction is, when the mask falls from the ceiling, you need to put it on yourself first. Because we can't help anyone until we help ourselves first. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. And every situation, by the way, every encounter, every... Uh, in in the ancient Hawaiian practice, they call it the Aka connection. So every being that you pass by, come into connection with, speak with, touch in any way, leaves a spiritual residue, if you will, on you. And and oh, I lost my train of thought. But we, if we're absorbing everybody else's energy all day, every day, then how do we go back inside? How do we r- return to ourselves? our own authenticity. And again, it comes back to you know, not accepting responsibility, that you cannot change anyone else, that all I can focus on is what my own change, and that all those connections that came to me today were a gift for me to notice where those connections need to either be cut or kept. Mm. Yeah, there's great Power in knowing that the only thing we can control in life is ourselves. And uh, and great comfort, like, because mm-hmm. it takes away the heaviness or responsibility of having to fix everything around us. Yeah. Like, it's like carrying around luggage, for heaven's sake. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to say this and make sure I do that for them and, and pay this guy. And uh, Oh, my goodness. Like, when do we get to just, uh, I think it was Einstein that said the time spent alone is the most productive mental focus you can have. When you shut down the stimulant and spend time in and with yourself, that's where the answers are. I talk um, about my... Oh my my goodness! I know. I talk about my friend Russell Allen Scott, who provided this beautiful theme song that we use on the Red Roof Recovery Show. It's called Greatest Bravery. And Russell Allen Scott, he does uh, retreats. And I went to one of his retreats And I don't think I would have stayed if anybody else had been running it because it was a three-day retreat where you're just exhausted at the end, right? You're doing dyads for 12 hours a day. It was exhausting. And every time I went to Russell and said, I just can't do this, Russell. You know, it might work for other people. It's not going to work for me. I got to go. I, You know, I just, and he would just, he would just receive, he would stand stoically and just receive all of my rantings. And then he would say, hmm. And he'd shake his head and he would breathe. And I was, I would say, did he hear me? Is he listening to me? <laughs> and then he would say, go contemplate. <laughs> and, I was like, so, and now I find myself using that a lot. But yeah. he was right. Yes. I mean, I, I did finally have a spiritual awakening. Yes. Uh, much to my surprise. Yes. I wasn't expecting yeah. to have it. But contemplation, alone time, it yeah. is imperative. Well, uh, Wayne Dyer in one of his presentations talks about how when he's uh, struggling or battling with something, he'll call his good friend Deepak Chopra. <laughs> and every time he calls Deepak Chopra, it'll be like, hi, how are you doing? And he he said, I'll vomit my entire life's problem onto Deepak. And every time Deepak will say the same thing, 
meditate. <laughs> meditate. And he's, and he's like, I go on this huge diatribe and I have all these emotions. And Deepak says, meditate. <laughs> <laughs> when you ask for answers, what you seek is seeking you. That's a law. Mm -hmm. What you seek is seeking you. So if you're asking for an answer, it will try its best to find you. Your job then is only to hear, mm -hmm. be able to hear, see, listen, feel, taste, touch the answers. Well, we're going to have to go into another episode to, oh, goodness. to get to the other <laughs> goodness. three of these. So we've got one okay. key to higher consciousness at the moment. Watch your inner dialogue. Your and and if, if you want to focus on just one thing, then focus on the how you complete the sentence, I am. Mm -hmm. I am. I am. I and am. If, and if somebody said about you what you're saying about yourself, no, if somebody said about your loved one, your son, your daughter, your grandmother, your partner, whoever, the what you're saying about yourself, how would you feel about that? Mm -hmm. And if you don't feel good about it, there is no way you should be saying it about yourself. Right. And then as you get evolve in that and you start to pay attention and change your dialogue from I am abundance, I am I am inner peace, I'm pure joy, I am love, I'm in service. When when you start to to change again neuroplasticity, right? Then you'll notice that your reality has no choice but to change with you. So small things will start to happen once you begin these things. And I am's a really strong one. Mm -hmm. It's a really great way to dig deeper for yourself. And I think it doesn't hurt as well to be very selective with what uh, our diet is far more than what we eat. It's what we watch. It's what we read. It's what we listen to. And it's also the company we keep because we become the company we keep. You're the sum of the top five people you spend the most time with, period. Yeah. We can't do anything else. It's another water analogy, frankly. By osmosis, those people affect our cellular structure. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It is. And not easy decisions to make when you're... Sometimes. Some, right? Yeah, I know. Say, oh, it's good to have a taskmaster on my it's, vocabulary. Annoying sometimes. Yes, yes I know. <laughs> but good most times. <laughs> and... Uh, I was surprised to learn that our English English language dictionary has three times as many negative words to positive words. So we have to work three times as hard to find to find a a, a positive re to frame a positive thought. You're looking at me like yeah, you're not saying that right either. It's also practiced behavior. What, right. What we Habit. focus Habitual. on grows stronger. Right. Yep. So when you when you live in a society that's filled with negative messages, negative images, negative mindsets, negative all of that, you become that. When you change, and I've had a wonderful gift in this Goderich isolation to be, I've, I've, I've rarely watched news anyway, but now I watch nothing. I, at the only posts I look on on social media are the ones you post <laughs> or my children. And, and so I am very much excluded from that whole, people will say to me, what's going on in Ottawa? And I'll be like, I have no idea. <laughs> because in my world, that's not real. I've chosen to not let that into my perceived reality. And so, you know, again, my girlfriend who's on the road a lot and suffers from road rage all around her, I think I, I don't I've never experienced it because it doesn't live in me. Mm -hmm. So what what's coming out of you, remember, if you squeeze an orange, all that can come out is what's inside, which is orange juice. So don't expect apple juice to come out from an orange. Right. So whatever's coming out of you is inside you and your gift to look through. Yeah. So what's that saying? Perception is projection. Projection. Projection is perception. Projection yeah. is per perception is projection. It's a heavy, 
heavy one to get. It takes practice and focus. Mm -hmm. Practice, yeah. Practice, patience, persistence. Mm -hmm. Wowza. Okay, so we're going to have to go into a series. It's going to be the series of higher consciousness, shutting down the inner dialogue, cultivating the witness, transcending, taming the ego, and banishing doubt. So we'll be talking more about that on future episodes. I want everyone to notice that she's now roped me into three more. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. Uh, So yeah, I hope today's episode has helped open up some possibilities for you. If you'd like to be a guest on the Red Roof Recovery Show, or you think of someone who might want to be a guest, then email me, please, redroofrecovery at gmail.com. Would love to have you here. Uh, You can pick up my two books at amazon.ca and also in this beautiful place of Godridge, Canada's prettiest town at Finchers in the Square. It's mindful wisdom from my philosopher dad and daily wisdom from my philosopher dad. Ah, I want you to stay mindful, live with purpose and positivity, and in a society that profits from yourself, doubt, remember, loving yourself is a rebellious act. Love yourself.